0: to the book of Galatians Galatians chapter 5 and we're in verses 22 and 23. So our message series is on the fruit of the spirit and growing more like Jesus. So far in our series we've looked at the fruit of love, we've looked at the fruit of joy. Today we come to the fruit of peace. And you know these first 3 fruit of the spirit, love, joy and peace. Form sort of a trilogy uh, in the Bible. They often appear uh, together and in different combinations. Uh, Billy Graham, in his book on the Holy Spirit, likes to call them a fruit cluster, a cluster of fruit, love, joy, and peace. In fact, he takes all nine of the fruit of the Spirit and he divides them into three clusters. And so you've got your first cluster, love, joy, and peace. Then you've got patience, kindness, goodness, and then faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. By the way, that's also a great, wide, great way to memorize uh, the fruit of the Spirit. If you haven't done that yet, take them in threes. Memorize the first three. Once you get that, then the next three. Once you get that, the next. And then you put it all together. You've memorized the fruit of the Spirit. Christopher Wright, in his book in the Holy Spirit, likes to call these first three fruit triplets. And he writes this. He says, love, joy, and peace are like a triplet. They come together. And to continue the picture, joy and peace are like twins. And they come together as a pair even more than love, joy, and peace come as a triplet. You know, we've said that the fruit of the Spirit together form a picture or a portrait of Jesus. So I like to think of love, joy, and peace as the three primary colors in that picture. And just as all the colors are contained in the three primary colors, so all of the fruit are colored by this first cluster of love, joy, and peace. If you get the first three going in your life, right... The rest are not far behind. So today we're looking at the third fruit in this opening trilogy of fruits, the fruit of peace. Please stand with me for the reading of God's Word, Galatians 5, verses 22 and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. This is the Word of God. Let us pray. Well, dear Lord, as we look at this fruit of peace today, uh, we will all freely confess this is a fruit we need in our lives, Lord. So help us to hear from your Word today, but uh, not only that, to hear from, from and through your Holy Spirit that you might grow this fruit in our lives. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, please be seated. <clears throat> shalom! Thank you, they didn't greet me in the first service, they just sort of looked at me. <laughs> so it's nice when you greet me back. Shalom, shalom. We're, we're, we're probably uh, very familiar with the word shalom as a greeting, but it's the Hebrew word for peace. That's what the word means, peace. And uh, it's a very particularly beautiful word, Uh, In the Hebrew, signifying not only peace, but wholeness, soundness, wellness, completeness. You know, the world around us longs for peace. We have peace marches, peace demonstrations, which are not always peaceful. (laughs) We have peace counselors. We have peace medications. But you know, we will never find true peace in this life apart from God, apart from Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit through whom the fruit of peace comes. Once again, I like what Billy Graham says here. He says, for the Christian, peace is not simply the absence of conflict or any other artificial state the world has to offer. Rather, it is the deep abiding peace only Jesus brings to the heart. And as we've been working our way through this first trilogy of fruit, love, joy, and peace, we we saw love has to do with your attitude, right? And joy has to do with your emotions. Well, peace primarily has to do with your mind. Peace has to do with the mind. And we have a saying that goes along with each of the fruit of the Spirit. The one for peace goes like this. I will grow in peace as I allow the Spirit to guard my mind. I will grow in peace as I allow the Spirit to guard my mind. When you allow your mind to get distracted or disturbed, you miss out on the peace that God has for you. So Let's take a look at the fruit of peace together this morning. There's an outline in your worship guide if you'd like to take that out uh, to follow along. We begin uh, by looking at what the Bible tells us about peace and God. Peace and God. Now there are three main expressions we find in the Bible that have to do with peace and God. We have the expression "God of peace," and then the expression "peace of God," and then a third expression, "peace with God." All three of those expressions relate to each other, but each one has a, a different emphasis. So the first expression, "God of peace." And that expression has to do with the peace that God has in himself. This has to do with God's character, with who he is. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 14, 33, For God is not a God of disorder, but of peace. We've already seen that God is the God of love. He's the God of joy. Now we find out he's also the God of peace. It's who he is. It's part of his character. The Bible teaches us that God is one God in three persons. Now, you know the saying, two's a company, three's a crowd. Praise God, it's not that way with God, okay? One God, three persons, but all three persons of the Godhead live in perfect peace and harmony with one another, and they have done so for all eternity. The Son, Jesus the Son, lives in perfect harmony with the Father. Jesus said in John 5, 19, I tell you the truth. The Son can do nothing by Himself. He can do only what He sees His Father doing because whatever the Father does, the Son also does. Father and Son, perfect peace and harmony between the two. And the Holy Spirit lives in perfect harmony with the Father and the Son. Jesus said in John sixteen thirteen. but when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. The Spirit is in perfect harmony with the Father and the Son. Jesus, as the Son of God here on earth, displayed God's perfect peace as a human being, as the perfect Son of God, Son of Man. He moved through life unhurried, unworried, completely focused on His Father's plan. We see examples of Jesus' peace when He slept on the boat in the middle of the storm, when He set His face towards Jerusalem and the cross when he stood silent before his accusers. So that's our first expression, God of peace. The God of peace, that has to do with the peace that God has in himself. Now, the second expression we find in the Bible, peace of God, right? You just flip it around, peace of God. That has to do with the peace that God gives us. In other words, God takes the peace that he has in himself and he shares it with you and with me. And there are so many examples of this in Scripture, but let me share with you two. Psalm twenty nine eleven says, The Lord gives strength to his people, the Lord blesses his people with peace. Second Thessalonians three sixteen says, Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times and in every way. The Lord be with you all. What a beautiful prayer. Right, Paul prays that the Lord of peace, that the God of peace would give you his peace at all times and in every way. Only the God of peace can give you the peace of God. And then the third expression we find in the scriptures is this one, peace with God. Peace with God. This one has to do with our relationship with God, which has been restored through Jesus Christ. For example, we find this expression in Romans chapter 5, verse 1. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Or we read of God's plan in Colossians 1.20, through Him, through Jesus, to reconcile to Himself all things. How? By making peace through His blood shed on the cross. See, we are all created with a, with a void an empty space in our lives that can only be filled by the Spirit of God. And our sins have kept us away from being at peace with God. It was not until our sins were canceled and paid for through Christ that we finally gained access to this peace. But as Paul writes, now that we've been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Peace with God comes only through the Prince of Peace, our Lord Jesus Christ himself. So that's what the Bible tells us about God and peace. We always start there with the fruit of the Spirit. Remember, the fruit of the Spirit is the character of Jesus. Jesus perfectly reflects God, and so the fruit of the Spirit are all bound up in who God is in His character. God and peace. So next, we want to look at some of the obstacles to peace. Obstacles to peace. And there are three main obstacles to peace in our lives. They are worry, fear, and conflict. Worry has to do with potential troubles, right? They're not even there yet. They may never happen. Worry has to do with potential troubles. Fear has to do with present troubles, okay? It's right here, right now. Conflict has to do with interpersonal troubles. So we want to see what what does the Bible tell us about each of these obstacles to peace? Let's go through them one by one. Worry, Worry or anxiety about potential troubles can rob us of our peace. Proverbs 12:25 says an anxious heart weighs a man down. And worry and anxiety can bring such disastrous effects into our lives, from constant stress to ulcers to nervous breakdowns. Worry is a weight in our life that drags us down and stands in the way of peace. Jesus told us in Matthew chapter 6 in the Sermon on the Mount, He said, Do not worry. Do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. But seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. You see, worry is caused by uncertainty, About the future, and the future is wide open to us. We don't know what's gonna happen, right? And so we worry about all sorts of things. But Jesus said, You don't need to do that. Don't worry about the future. Don't worry about potential troubles, which may never even happen. Don't worry about tomorrow. Each day has enough trouble of its own. That's the first obstacle worry. A second obstacle to peace is fear. Worry has to do about potential troubles. Fear has to do with the present troubles, right, in our lives right now. Worry is about the future. Fear is about the present. I love David's words in Psalm 3, verses 5 and 6. He shares a very personal uh, present circumstance that he was in. I lie down and sleep. I wake again because the Lord sustains me. I will not fear the tens of thousands drawn up against me on every side. If you had 10,000 enemies surrounding you, drawn up against you, would you be able to lie down and sleep in peace? David did. David knew what it was like to be in danger. He knew what it was like to be surrounded by your enemy. And yet he was able to lie down and sleep. He refused to let the obstacle of fear disturb his peace. Jesus said in John 14, 27, uh, one of the most beautiful verses in Scripture, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. And in context, this scripture relates to the giving of the Holy Spirit. Jesus was telling his disciples that he was going away, he was going back to the Father. But once he went back to the Father, he would send the Holy Spirit to be with us forever. How would Jesus leave his peace with us? Through the Holy Spirit. And what a beautiful peace it is. It's not like anything that this world has to offer. It is his peace, the peace of Christ, the peace that Jesus has shared with God the Father and the Holy Spirit through all of eternity. The Prince of Peace gives you his peace. So do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. And then the third obstacle to peace that we have to deal with in our lives is conflict. Conflict has to do with interpersonal troubles. And so God not only gives us peace, but he also calls us to peace. See, first he makes peace with us through his son Jesus. Then he gives us his own personal peace and then he calls us to live in peace. Conflict threatens to disrupt the peace that we have with each other. Jesus spoke about this in Matthew chapter 5, verses 23 and 24. He said, if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to your brother. Then come... And offer your gift. Interpersonal peace is so important to God that if you are not at peace with another person, God tells you to interrupt your worship, first go and be reconciled, and then come back and offer your gift. So, this is where we pause, and I let any of you have to leave to be reconciled. He like, I don't want to stand up in front of everybody. Isn't that what he says to do? Yeah, tough. Yeah, Jesus, Jesus never let us off easy, did he, with these things? If you're not at peace with another, interrupt your worship. First go and be reconciled, then come back. We'll wait for you. Romans 12, 18 tells us, If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, Live at peace with everyone. And I like this verse because it is so realistic, right? First of all, it acknowledges that peace with other people is not always possible, right? You might have done everything you can, but they don't want to live in peace with you. And that's okay. It's realistic. If it is possible. As far as it depends on you live at peace with everyone. Secondly it tells you but you do have to do what you can do, right? If you're not at peace with someone, make sure it's not your fault. Make sure it's not because of you. Do what you can to restore the relationship and then leave the rest in God's hands. And he'll take care of the rest. And then a third thing it tells us is not to make any exceptions. God says if it's possible as far as it depends with you on you live at peace with everyone. So in other words, we don't get to pick and choose, do we? We don't get to say, well, I'll I'll be at peace with them, but uh, not so much them, right? No, we are to seek peaceful relationships with everyone in our lives. So these are the big three, aren't they? Worry, fear, conflict, three big obstacles to peace. They are also three of the biggest stressors that people experience in life. But when you apply the antidote of God's peace to all three of these, you will live a more peaceful and pleasant life, and you will be better equipped to live peacefully with those around you as well. So we've looked at peace and God, right? We've looked at the uh, three obstacles to peace. Finally, now we want to learn how we can grow in peace. What are some practical things we can do in our lives to help see this fruit of the Spirit grow in us? And the Bible gives us a number of instructions in this area. They're all in your outline, but let me walk you through them together. First of all, you need to trust in the Lord. All comes down to trust. Isaiah 26.3 says about God, Lord, you will keep in perfect peace him whose mind is steadfast Because he trusts in you. Notice the emphasis on the mind in this verse. Remember, peace has to do with your mind, with the Spirit guarding your mind. You will keep in perfect peace him whose mind is steadfast. Because he trusts in you. It's all about trust. Jesus. Jesus also connected peace with trusting God. Jesus said in John 14:1, he said, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. Is your heart troubled this morning? Then you're forgetting to trust God. You're forgetting to trust him. Trust in God, trust in Jesus, and you will know God's perfect peace in your life. That's one way you can grow in peace. Just trust in the Lord. Secondly, rest in Christ. Rest in Christ. Boy, we could all use some rest, right? What a beautiful word. Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28, Jesus said, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Jesus is the good shepherd who leads you beside the quiet waters. He will calm your troubled heart. He will give you peace and rest for your soul. Jesus said in John 16, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you'll have trouble. But take heart. I have overcome the world. Jesus never promised that you wouldn't have any troubles, okay? But he did promise that you could have peace in him in the midst of all your troubles. That's the second way you can grow in peace. Rest in Christ. A third way to grow in peace is to love God's word. Love God's Word. Love the Bible. Read this. Study it. Learn it. Meditate on it. Memorize it. Memorize the fruit of the Spirit. Love God's Word. Proverbs 119, verse 165 says, Great peace have they who love your law. And nothing can make them stumble. Proverbs 317 says, The ways of wisdom are pleasant. Pleasant. And all her paths are peace. Where do you get wisdom from? God's word, when you love God's word, you will gain wisdom, and with wisdom comes peace. A fourth way to grow in peace is to pray and give thanks. Philippians chapter four, verses six and seven. This is really one of the most important passages about peace in the whole Bible. We read it earlier in the service. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. This is what I like to call the best trade in the world. Best trade ever. You give God all your worries and cares, and he gives you his peace in return. How do you do it? As soon as you recognize it, as soon as you realize you are worrying about something, bring it to God in prayer. Take your worries and turn them into prayer and thanksgiving. And when you do that, God has promised he will give you his supernatural peace, a peace that surpasses all understanding. Did you notice the emphasis on the mind once again in this verse, right? God not only gives you his peace, but this peace will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Okay, we've got two more here now. A fifth way to grow in peace is simply to live in unity with each other. Ephesians 4.3 tells us, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Colossians 3.15 says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts since as members of one body you were called to peace and be thankful. So there's that call to thankfulness again, just like in Philippians. But the main idea here is that we are called to peace. And we can only know that peace as we let the peace of Christ rule in our hearts. And then finally, as with all the fruit of the Spirit, make this a matter of prayer. Ask God to do it. Ask God to develop the fruit of His peace in your life. Romans 8, 6 says, The mind of sinful man is death. There's no peace in the mind of the the sinful person who's separated from God. The mind of sinful man is death, but the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. Remember, peace has to do with your mind. When you ask God to develop the fruit of peace in your life, you're asking Him to guard and control your mind by the Holy Spirit. And so we come now to the end of this beautiful trilogy these past three weeks we've been spending on love, joy, and peace. Can you imagine if your life was full of love, joy, and peace every day? Not just full of love, full of God's love. Not just full of joy, full of God's joy, full of God's peace. Wouldn't you like to be loving like Jesus was loving, joyful like Jesus, peaceful like Jesus? Well, God in his word says you can be because this is what the fruit of the spirit is all about. God gives you his Holy Spirit to help you grow more like Jesus. And how do we grow in all the fruit of the spirit? Remember, we said three things at the beginning of this whole series. Remember, we had an introduction to the fruit of the spirit. So said three things you got to do. You've got to weed the garden. Remember that? Weed the garden, water the garden, remain in the vine. Weed the garden, water the garden, remain in the vine. What does it mean to weed the garden? To uproot sin. To uproot sin. To uproot sin from your life. Be killing sin or sin will be killing you, right? And then water the garden. How do we say you water the garden? Through the word of God. Love God's word. Be deep in God's word. Spend time each day with God in His Word. Weed the garden, water the garden, remain in the vine. That simply means to abide in Christ. Walk closely with Jesus every day, leaning on Him, depending on Him, asking God to produce the fruit of His Spirit in your life. Remember what we said, the fruit of the Spirit is something God does in your life rather than something you do. So how do you grow in the fruit of peace? I will grow in peace as I allow the Spirit to guard my mind. So do that. Ask God to guard your mind through the power and the presence of His Holy Spirit in your life. Amen? Let us pray. Dear Lord, we thank You for Your Word. We thank You for this beautiful fruit of peace. Oh, Lord, how we all want to grow in this marvelous fruit. Lord, we thank you that you are the God of peace, that you share your peace with us, that we have peace with you through our Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, we pray that uh, we would overcome the obstacles of worry and fear and conflict as you grow and develop the fruit of peace in our lives. We thank you for the practical instructions you've given us in your word, things that we can do to help, help this fruit along. But, Lord, in the long run, only you can grow this fruit in us. We just need to submit to you and do the things you've told us. And so, Lord, we ask that you would indeed guard our minds. Oh, Lord, we are confronted by so many things to worry about, to be afraid of, and so much conflict every day. It's all around us, Lord. It's no wonder. This world is lacking in peace. But Lord, help us as your children to walk in peace, to walk in your beautiful peace that you've promised to us through Jesus, through the Holy Spirit. It is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.